0: All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tooth Podcast. It is Thursday, November 7th, 2019, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the return of the podcast. I uh, got a lot of good uh, feedback, a lot of you listened, so uh, hopefully that means. You are back in the swing of things in SEC basketball, and like I mentioned on that episode, uh, I'm going to keep doing the Southeast Hoops podcast, even though I'm doing uh, several others now, Uh, but that way we can kind of connect them all, and hopefully uh, you listen to all of them, whether it's uh, this one, the SEC uh, podcast here that I do with Southeast Hoops, or the SEC podcast uh, that I'm going to be doing from Blue Ribbon, uh, and just the general National College Basketball Podcasts. Uh, marching to Madness, and Cutting the Net, which I'll continue to put the links to all those uh, in the uh, the episode notes and all that. So if you want to go find that, if you're looking for more uh, stuff to listen to as you go throughout the season, uh, check out all these podcasts I'm doing now. Uh, a lot of fun to do and a lot of uh, great discussion on college basketball. But let's jump into uh, Wednesday night's uh, action around the league as four teams in the SEC, played and all four won. Uh, that's a positive. Uh, and uh, let's start with South Carolina, who uh, beat North Alabama by 22 there in Columbia. Uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me for South Carolina, and um, I think Frank Martin's certainly excited to have him back, is Justin Manaya, uh, who played 33 minutes and had a double double. He had 17 points and 11 rebounds. Um, he's someone we mentioned. Uh, he only played five games last season due to injury, but you go back to his first season there at South Carolina when, when he was a freshman and you could just tell that this guy was a, a breakout type of player. And he was one we talked about going into last season saying he was certainly a breakout candidate in the league. Uh, but now he's back and clearly uh, stepping right back into the swing of things and and going to play a big role for them. We knew that going into the season, Uh, But Justin Minai is definitely someone to keep an eye on uh, because this is one of the reasons why Frank Martin uh, believes, you know, this is maybe, you know, his most talented team he's had there because you get a guy like this back, you combine that with all the other guards uh, that they have on this roster, um, and then, you know, just trying to continue uh, to develop the front court uh, with Mike Coatsar in there and and these other guys that are going to have to to play key roles and that's with with someone like Mania who's you know plays a four type of position um, but he's someone that can kind of do a little bit of everything and that's what we said I mean to have 17 points 11 rebounds he had four offensive rebounds um, he's just he's really good and I think having him back is a, a big uh, piece of the puzzle there especially when they lose someone like Chris Silva from last season. Obviously, is not going to do the same things Chris Silva did, but uh, he's someone that's going to give him consistent production. And uh, even though it's one game, it's pretty clear that, that South Carolina uh, is going to lean on him a lot. And uh, not, uh, again, one game you can't take away a ton here uh, in a matchup that you should have won, like South Carolina did, uh, by 20 or more points um but they did turn it over 20 times that's probably something that that frank martin won't be too excited about uh, but you're playing a lot of people and that's the case with all of these teams uh everybody's you're still working on rotations like i mentioned uh in the previous episode everybody's still you know letting guys get into the flow and they're going to try out some things here early on in the non-conference portion of the schedule uh to see what works and, and then apply it uh, certainly once they get to conference play so south carolina Get started uh, with a victory. Uh, Missouri does as well. Missouri with a dominant performance, 82-42 over Incarnate Word. Uh, that's what it should have been, and that's what I want to bring up with Missouri is, you know, teams that have a potential to be really good, uh, you need to dominate the teams you should dominate, and this is a game that Missouri should have won convincingly, and that's exactly what they did. Um, I think sometimes we we read into it a little bit too much when we talk about point differential in certain situations, but... I think in these you can learn a lot about a team because do you let a team like this hang around uh, and maybe you know you don't close things out until maybe 10 minutes left in the second half or do you just dominate pretty much from start to finish and that's what Missouri did and that's sort of a uh, to me uh, a sign of a team that can be pretty good is when they they put their foot on the gas and they keep going they don't let off uh, and and you got to give Missouri credit because that's what they did here and you know, there there was a lot of balance. Uh, a lot of people played as you would expect in a game like this, but um you look at Jeremiah Tillman, he he starts off with 16 points, 7 rebounds, 5 blocks. He's got a stuff the, the stat sheet like that all season long for this team to be successful. Um Drew Smith get, gets off on the right foot. He played more minutes than anybody. 25 minutes for him on the court, had 8 points, 5 assists. Um he he's going to play, if you just watch the game, he he's, he's going to play a big role. Like like he just kind of has uh, some intangibles to him, just the, the way he can handle the ball. There's lots of things he can do. Uh, we knew that going in, and uh, it's clear that that he's going to be someone that they rely on a lot uh, this season. Uh, beyond that, again, one of those games where maybe there's not a ton you can learn just in terms of of how Missouri may match up uh, against better competition, but they dominate the, the type of team that they should dominate and uh, that's got to be something Consell Martin's excited about because uh, they're going to have an aggressiveness to them. They're going to play defense. We know that, um, and as they, they start to, to get in a rhythm on offense, I've said it all off season, guys. I really think Missouri's a team that we have to keep an eye on as one of those sleeper teams in the SEC, uh, even though they're picked where they're picked. Um, it's just they, they have a lot of production back. They have a lot of guys that they're adding to the mix, and I just feel like that there's an opportunity for them to sort of sneak up on some people and uh, be a lot better than, than maybe the experts thing going into the season. Uh, Texas A&M starts off the Buzz Williams era there, and that kind of leads us into the two head coaches who uh, got their, their tenure start at their respective schools uh, on Wednesday night. And we start with Buzz Williams at Texas A&M. They beat Northwestern State 77-63. Um, Texas A&M, another team that, you know, picked low in the preseason and, I think it's mostly because we don't really know what to expect because the the roster uh, is going to look a little bit different. I mean, there's a lot of newcomers that are going to play just like they did in this game. Uh, And then you've got TJ Starks, who's out with a wrist injury, I believe. Uh, Don't really know exactly when he's going to be back, but they will lean on the guys that we sort of figured that they would lean on. Uh, and that's players like Savion Flag, who had 22 points in this game, had seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, he's you know three blocks. I mean, he did pretty much a little bit of everything, and and he's just kind of the versatile talent uh, we've always known that that he is there, and he'll he'll be someone that that probably he played 35 minutes in this game. Uh, he's going to play 30 plus minutes a game this year. I would be surprised if he doesn't because uh, he's going to have to be the driving force of everything that the Aggies do probably for, for them to be successful in conference play for sure. Uh, and then, you know, Wendell Mitchell, you've got J.J. Chandler. Um, there, there's lots of guys like that that they're going to lean on. The new staff's going to lean on because uh, they are guys that, that have played SEC minutes and um, they're, they're going to have to continue to expand their games while at the same time uh, adjusting to a new system and adjusting to a, a new style of play. So, um not not much probably we can read into this either when it comes to to the Aggies. I mean, it's one game and uh their schedule will get tougher and how they respond in some of those situations, um, maybe not knowing exactly what you're going to get in terms of the depth they have, uh, not the full roster, maybe that that Buzz Williams and his staff uh, are going to want just yet, because they're they're going to have to recruit, and there's some. I mean, they're going to play a lot of young guys this year too, and that's going to give them experience. Uh, for the future so uh, that will help the the Aggies moving forward Uh, but again you'd rather have a win than a loss to to start uh, the the season and Texas A&M gets that win uh, there over Northwestern State. Uh, Vanderbilt Jerry Stackhouse era starts uh, with the Commodores and um, I was I was pretty impressed with how Vanderbilt handled uh, the adversity part because you think about it this way Uh, Yes, it's a new season, but this is a team that had lost 20 straight games when, of course, you go back to last season. Um, And they found themselves in a situation where they were up big early on. Uh, It felt like, you know, are they going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to where they just blow this thing out and and it's not even a game. But then SEMO made a comeback and actually took the lead early in the second half. And you're probably sitting there thinking, especially if you're a Vanderbilt fan, uh, you're wondering, oh, no, like, here we go again. Uh, how does this team respond? That's what I was looking for in a situation like that, and I thought Vanderbilt responded very well. And they played with an aggressiveness, with a toughness, and they really looked a lot more confident. And that goes for, for players like Aaron Neesmith and, and players uh, like Clevon Brown, who who showed off an expanded uh, sort of perimeter game. I mean, he made a lot of shots from outside. And then going back to, to Neesmith – I mean, he's someone that I was very high on going into the season. He was, we've mentioned several other guys thus far, uh, when we talked about Minaya, um guys like that, of course, with Missouri, Drew Smith, guys who could really break out onto the scene in the SEC, uh, but Naismith's one of those two. I mean, he has it all. I mean, he is just a a very good shooter. I mean, he can shoot it from outside with the best of them probably in the SEC, and he proved that by making seven threes in this game. Uh, but he's he's just got a versatile game to him, to where he's just sort of uh, uh, someone that that I think, and we've already seen it with some of these way, way, way too early draft projections and all that. But he's the type of player that that projects to to have an NBA future, just because of the skill set that he has, um, his length, his athleticism, uh, and his you know his size for that position. I really think that the sky's the limit for this guy. And um, starting the season like that, I think he was just one point off of his career high at 25. Um, It's a great start for him. And again, to me, it shows that it's one game, but Vanderbilt found itself in a situation where it faced some adversity after losing 20 games in a row as a program. And they responded and wound up winning the game by 18. Uh, You know, Pulled away in the second half, and that's what you need to do to kind of gain some momentum, gain some confidence, and certainly break that losing streak. And that's what they did. So uh, you have to give them credit for that. And uh, probably still too early to tell exactly how things are going to look from a rotation standpoint. Like some of these other teams, they're going to play some young players. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. got some quality minutes. Um, you know, Edukayo Benna played some time after, after sitting out last year. So there's lots of guys they are going to work into the mix there um and it's just a matter of seeing you know how does the rotation unfold how many guys are they playing once we get maybe deeper into december and into january um is the rotation seven players eight players uh who among this newcomer group is going uh, to play the most minutes and i haven't even mentioned sabin lee he's not a newcomer but he didn't start and, and i know some people were wondering maybe why but he plays 28 minutes off the bench he was outstanding, too, with 21 points. Um, and so th- they've got some options here. And some of these guys that are returning, uh, to get, I guess you could say, that monkey off their back of losing all those games and sort of just having a fresh start, uh, that may have been the biggest thing uh, for Vanderbilt. And uh, to get this win here, uh, at least now you move forward. You're not thinking about last season. Uh, you're not thinking about, about you know going winless in SEC play. You're 1-0 oh in the new season, and that's all that really matters. Um, but I did. I mean, you could sense a more aggressive type of approach, uh, the intensity, which we we're used to seeing from Jerry, Jerry Stackhouse as a player. Uh, that is kind of going to, to be the mold that they play at. I mean, that's how they're going uh, to look as a team. They're going to play with that tenacity and aggressiveness, and I think that will suit the Commodore as well uh, here moving forward as uh, they try to rebuild here in year one of uh, jerry stackhouse's uh, tenure there um all right looking ahead to uh friday's action because it's uh, I know a lot of people have pointed this out but thursday slate uh there's no one in the sec playing on thursday and really Thursday's slate in college basketball is not great uh but there's a lot of really good games on friday and uh, i think the headliner uh in sec circles is auburn and davidson um they are going to to meet up, and that is going to be one that that's a must-watch type of game there, the Veterans Classic in Annapolis, because um, I've said this, and I put this in the, uh, the written preview that I did of Auburn's non-conference schedule. This was uh, a while back, probably a month or so ago. Davidson is probably a team that you could look at and say, Best case scenario, what what's the, I guess, the ceiling for Davidson? What's, what's the potential for a team like this? I, I may have told some of you this, maybe on the Periscope that we did uh, the other night before uh, opening night in college basketball. Someone was asking, you know, who's your final four and who are some maybe sleeper teams that can get to the final four? I mentioned Davidson as one of those teams because – they just have pretty much what you need uh, to make a, a deep run. When you go back to what they, they are capable of, they won 24 games last season. Uh, they returned just a, an assortment of talent from that team, and they returned so many guys that produced at a high level. Um, we know kind of how Bob McKillop's teams like to play. They're going to shoot the three. They're going to get a lot of points from the three-point line. Um, And they're going to kind of have a a disciplined approach. Uh, And if they get going, they can be really hard to stop. Um, So Davidson's certainly an A-10 contender. There's no doubt. Uh, You look at them and teams like VCU are going to be right there at the top, and they're going to be top 25 type of teams all season long. I'd be surprised if they're not. Um, And so this is going to be a test for Auburn uh, here in game number two for for Bruce Pearl's squad because uh, this is a very, very good team. It's a team that has experience. Uh, It's a team that, again, plays with sort of a swagger and a confidence to where – Like I said a second ago, if they get going, if they get rolling, they're hard to stop. And who does that remind you of? That reminds you of Auburn from last season. Um, That's kind of how Auburn played, to where once they got rolling, you just had no idea how you were going to stop them. Uh, So if Davidson shoots the ball well like that, uh, they are hard to stop. And so that is going to be a test uh, for the Tigers there in that game. So that one is certainly one you want to mark down uh, as a must-watch game. Uh, on Friday, and it's actually a bit of an early start. It starts at 5 p.m. Central, uh, so be sure to remember that because uh, it is. It's one you're going to want to watch. That's going to be one of the better games here of the early uh, non-conference slate. Elsewhere in the SEC, Kentucky is going to play Eastern Kentucky. Ole Miss plays Arkansas State. LSU takes on Bowling Green. Missouri plays Northern Kentucky, and Mississippi State plays Sam Houston State. Uh, Missouri, Northern Kentucky is one also you probably want to keep your eye on, Northern Kentucky, Darren Horn era uh, begins there for the Norse but uh they they lose some talent but they they have you know a quality group coming back and um they're a team where you look at someone there like Jalen Tate uh he's someone I would keep an eye on actually doing the the blue ribbon preview this year for the Horizon League Uh, I have him on my uh, first team you know all Horizon League because he's very good and um they already got off to, to a good start. They played on Tuesday night, won by 50 uh, in their opener uh, against non-Division 1 competition. But, uh, yeah, that that's one that, that won't be easy for Missouri either. I think that's a team that, you know, probably isn't to the level of the team we saw last season uh, when John Brandon was still there. But uh, this is still probably going to be a team that can f- contends for, for the title there in the Horizon League. Um, so that will be uh, a fun game. For the Tigers, uh, Kentucky, I mean, you're probably going to want to mark mark them on your schedule just because uh, you want to watch Tyrese Maxey follow up what he did uh, on opening night against Michigan State, and he's going to be a uh, must-watch any he steps on the court. So uh, watching Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky is highly recommended. Uh, and like we said, Ole Miss gets the season started. Uh, I'm very interested to see. How the rebels look there in year two under Kermit Davis? Uh, Blake Henson's still out, uh, I know, uh, dealing with a medical issue, um, but uh, you know you've still got the guard group there that's going to lead the way with Brian Tyree, Devontae Shuler, and then you see how some of these new guys uh, fit into the mix there for the rebels. LSU also getting their season started. I've mentioned several times with LSU, I want to see sort of how that offense looks without Tremont Waters maybe driving things. Uh, But, you know, with all the talent that they have, you you just assume they're going to find a way to figure it out. Uh, But Waters was such a unique playmaker that uh, you maybe look and see how things are going to adjust without him. But you have Skyler Mays back. You have Javante Smart back, and you're adding someone like Trenton Wofford. Um, So LSU will not lack talent, uh, but they will be a little bit smaller in how they rebound and such. I know that's some of the things – that Will Wade mentioned in the preseason with them. And Mississippi State, uh, following up uh, that win against Florida International, again, they take on Sam Houston State. Uh, And really, it's sort of the same situation for them in terms of their guard play. Uh, Tyson Carter had a big game. I know he had a lot of turnovers in that game against Florida International. uh, But as I mentioned, I think that may have been more of a product of how they played uh, more than anything but with nick weatherspoon still out for them um, how they continue to develop some of these guys uh, not only Gar group but also reggie perry just having a, a sec player of the year type of season is probably what we expect from him uh, and then those other guys uh, as well there for the Bulldogs so um, all right that'll wrap up uh, this episode here of the Southeast Hoos podcast like I mentioned before I'm uh, just going to continue doing this and really just random thoughts whether it's on uh, the games that have happened uh, looking ahead to other games uh, all that good stuff because I know you guys enjoy these you enjoy the discussion uh, so we're going to keep rocking and rolling uh, here on the southeast who's podcast but yes it is time to plug everything <laughs> i know uh some of you guys kind of laughed last time because um it probably took me about five minutes to plug all the stuff i'm doing now but um yes looking at the other podcasts that i do uh, be sure to check all those out like i said i'll have those in the links uh here in the episode notes and you can just link you know click on the link subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast whatever podcast app you use um they're all for free of course you just subscribe to them uh if you want to listen to all the separate ones check them out and uh just different they're all different and that's what i like to say is you know we have breaking down the analysis me here on the southeast who's podcast on the blue ribbon podcast um it's me chris george chris lee uh more in-depth analysis you can find each week there on that one and then the march unit madness podcast as you guys know we've had hundreds of coaches on that at this point Um, to where we just you know we interview coaches and it's always enjoyable to to get their knowledge we've had a lot of sec coaches on there Um, so you can do that one if you want interviews and then as i mentioned before uh, the newest uh, one i'm doing i guess the cutting the net podcast which i'm doing for clutch points um, that's really a more entertaining slant where we just kind of have fun with it Um, it's not as serious as the other ones that, that i do here and it's not as Based on just in depth analysis. It's really just a free flowing conversation. So if you want to break uh, from the more serious discussion we have on the other podcasts, um, you can really find an entertaining uh, slant there that we do on Cutting the Nap me and my friend Joseph Nardone uh, we have a lot of fun on that doing just a bunch of random uh, silly stuff uh, with college basketball but I think some of you guys have mentioned you really enjoy it so uh, we'll keep doing that so there's lots of stuff that, that'll get you uh, through each week uh, lots of audio stuff if you're someone that does a lot of driving uh, you know whether it's to and from work uh, you travel for a living whatever you do um, it's a great way to Just catch up on a lot of stuff. And like I said, really all four of these college basketball podcasts that I'm doing now are all a little bit different. So they give you a little bit of something different uh, in each one. So if you can put up with hearing my voice uh, for several hours a week, uh, you check all those out. Search for all of them. Find them. Subscribe to them. Uh, That way uh, you can have all that to listen to. And we've started a couple of new series over at ClutchPoints.com. As you guys know, that's where all my writing is now. Um, We're doing a a morning series each day uh, with thoughts on the previous night's games in written form, and we're doing an afternoon series to where we look ahead uh, to that night's action, whether it's uh, just random thoughts on certain games, uh, betting advice, all that great stuff. Uh, So check all that out there. You've got plenty of stuff uh, to look at if you're a college basketball fan, and as I always say, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, I know some of you think I'm crazy for doing as many podcasts as I do, uh, but it's because I love it, and uh, I love talking about SEC basketball. I love talking about college basketball, and it should be another fun season uh, here as we uh, move along in the 2019-20 campaign. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.